3: It is the Wednesday edition of the pack of day podcast, which means we are only one day away. One day more, as they said in Les Miserables. How you doing, everybody? I'm Alex Strove. Joined, as always, during this great draft season by my friends first, at Reese Draft on Twitter. It is Owen Reese. How are you, buddy? We're a day away.
4: We're making it man, one day at a time. Um like I said, it's one of the it's the like kind of the year where I'm very excited for the draft and I'm very excited for it to be done.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's completely fair, and it flies by for sure. And we're also joined by at Russ NFL Draft. It's Russell Brown. And Russ, right before we started recording, you said we just gotta get to freaking Thursday, man. We're only a day away.
5: Yeah, man, it's it's really bittersweet to be completely honest. Like I love everything leading up to the draft and then we get to the draft and I really don't want it to end, but then I'm like so relieved that I can go back to like drinking with my buddies and <laughs> golfing all the time, but then I'm like, ah oh, man, I want it to be back So it's I'm so torn but I'm super pumped. I can't wait for Thursday and, and Friday and Saturday. It's just gonna be a fun week.
3: Totally going to be a fun week, but yeah, I imagine all the uh, the film, all the prep, all the analysis that has gone into the last several months for each of you is, is finally coming to a close, so there's there's got to be some, some peace in that. But anyway, we're not done just quite yet. Uh, it's, we've saved essentially the best for last as we lead up for the draft. Both of these guys have prepared seven-round mock drafts. We will run through all of the picks they made through the Packers, and this is the order we'll do it. We'll start with their first-round picks. Both of them did make a selection at pick 29. Then we'll dive into rounds two and three. Then we'll dive into rounds four and five, and then finally end up with whatever they did in in the final two rounds, rounds six and seven. So we'll start with Russ Brown. Then we'll go to Owen Reese at pick 29. Russ, you went where and why?
5: Pick 29, Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. I I don't know if he'll necessarily be available in this spot, but if he is, I'm running to the podium and I'm playing him at right tackle. He's going to plug and play for me. And, you know, the attitude that he brings, the aggressiveness, the strong finishing ability that he has, I think is is something that the Packers really need on the right side of their offensive line. And, And you get him. At pick 29, I feel like it's a steal, so I would be running to the podium here. I think he's got to clean up some of, overall, some of his foot speed in his game and some of his hand placement within his game, but but generally speaking, I think he's a pretty clean prospect overall. You can play him really anywhere, and I know the Packers love guys that they can play in certain spots, whether it's guard, a little bit of center, or even left or right tackle, and he can do, I think, some of of those things. So I'm super pumped uh, that I was able to get him for the Green Bay at 29.
3: Yeah, that's a name we've talked quite a bit about here as we mm-hmm. lead up to the NFL draft. Uh, definitely a name that a lot of Packers fans are looking at. So I agree. If he's there at 29, that seems like a no-brainer. Reese, let's go to you. You went what direction at number 29?
4: So with my first round pick, I actually went with Carlos Basham, the edge rusher from Wake Forest. Uh, probably, if Packer fans, if you're unfamiliar, uh, maybe a little bit more similar to the Rashawn Gary pick, but probably at like at the right pick. Uh, Basham is 64, 275, 280 pounds. Uh, one of the freakier athletes in college football along the defensive line. Uh, big dude, really versatile, right? We're moving towards this, this Joe Barry system where I think that the Packers are going to continue to really play with a lot of like five men on the line of scrimmage, almost like a 51, really, uh, with one true linebacker and the the outside guys or the the defensive ends, quote-unquote, being their 3-4, their traditional 3-4 type outside linebackers. Uh, They clearly have that type, Z'Darrius Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary. Basham fits right in there. Uh, There's a little bit of a strengthening your strengths and and planning for the future pick here a little bit. Preston Smith, excuse me, uh, restructured over this off season, I predict that he's probably in his last year as a Green Bay Packer. Uh Z'Darrius Smith could be two years away from being done in Green Bay, right? So then um, you know, at least in after this upcoming year, you've got Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, and Carlos Basham. Uh, so he's to me he's a guy, he's he's the Packers type. He's a big dude. He's athletic, can play a little bit, could probably play some inside um, interior stuff on and on some four man rush packages. So I think he gives them some more versatility that way. There are some concerns. Um, he's never probably quite been as productive as you think he should be. Um, he will be 24 years old when the season starts, right, so he has an older prospect as well. Um, so there are some reasons for some trepidation, but that's also why he's available at 29. Uh, he's a guy that I know I've posted these uh, mocks on Twitter before. I get a lot of, I don't think he's a first round player. Um, and, and while truthfully, like, he may not be a, you know, a, a surefire first round guy. He's certainly not going to be there when the Packers pick at 62. Right. So I think there is something to, I would say he's probably like a, a mid forties type of player, but once you get past 20 to 25, I don't think there's a ton of, of, separation between those guys and the early to mid-second rounders, truthfully. So Basham was my guy. He's a nice scheme fit. He'll fit right in, kind of planning for the future while continuing, right, like the old adage, you can never have too many pass rushers.
3: No doubt about it. But you make a very good point there, Reese, right? If you like a guy, you grab him because you don't know if he's going to be there the next go-around. So uh, you both go line in the first round. Russ goes offensive line. Reese goes defensive line. Uh, Let's move on to day two. Packers are scheduled to have pick 62, which is pick 30 of round two, as well as pick 92, which is pick 29 in that third round. Uh, So, Russ, you did have some movement. Reese went just with the picks the Packers have right now. We allowed you the freedom of some movement, and you certainly did that uh, on day two. But interested to hear what you made uh, for round two and round three, the picks you made there.
5: Yeah, well, I was actually able to call my good friend John Schneider on the phone as I you know, spoke to him a few times in Atlanta Airport on the way to the Senior Bowl. I'm just totally kidding. But uh, I got on the phone with the Seahawks <laughs> on this trade simulator, and I randomly stopped it at pick 56, and I was like, well, that makes sense to me because the Seahawks only have three picks in the draft. They moved back a ton, so they're going to end up with a couple of extra picks here. Maybe I spent a little too much, but I just wanted to make sure the frickin' trade went through, so I gave them pick 62 pick 135 and pick 220 to move up six spots. And I think it's it's justified in the fact that I was able to get Rondell Moore out of Purdue. I don't necessarily know if he'd be there realistically at pick 56, but some of the medicals are concerning. So if he can't stay healthy and if teams are concerned about him not being able to stay healthy – then I think he might fall a little bit because he seems somewhat maxed out in a sense. He's a terrific athlete. We saw the explosiveness with his pro day and and how well he tested, but ultimately he's kind of been the same guy, but he also hasn't really been on the field. I think he's only played seven or eight games over the last two years. So he's been limited in a sense, but I think when you talk getting a a weapon opposite of, of, of Devontae Adams and bringing somebody maybe more into that slot role, I think Rondell Moore is perfect for that. And you can do so many different, Things we so many different gadget players in the NFL today. Maybe Rondell Moore can carve that out with Matt Lafleur in this offense. So I'm excited that I was able to get him at pick 56, and then at 92, I, I knew he wouldn't be available on, in the in the fourth or fifth round later in this draft. So Tyler Shelvin, the defensive tackle out of LSU. I mean, who who doesn't love a six three? 340 pound nose tackle and I feel like you can open up the door a little bit for Kenny Clark to do a little bit more and and Tyler Sheldon can just plug into the a gaps and and be a zero shade or just straight up as a a head up on a center so I I love his skill set he's definitely more of a two down lineman but he's he's a a fun player incredibly powerful and I think if you plug him in the middle of this defense it'd be a good place to start for for uh drafting defensive players some sexy picks there on day two, wide
3: receiver and defensive tackle. I like the direction you went there, Reese. What's day two look like
4: for you, buddy? Well, just I'd like to start that I, I'm I'm all for normalizing people calling Tyler Shelvin sexy. Okay? <laughs> so, 350 pounds. If you call him sexy, we're going to be just fine. That's uh, so. Like I said, so we mentioned I didn't make any trades. Um, I, so at 62, I stuck there obviously, uh, and I took Quinn Miners, uh, the study, yeah, the, the lineman. From Whitewater, this is a bit of a guilty pleasure pick for me, uh, but he was one of the the top-of-the-board guys available at the end of round two. Uh, And and to me, he's a plug-and-play guy at center for the Packers right now, you know, you take him in the second round, he provides you some versatility, can play guard and center, right? So this does kind of buck some trends that the Packers have had historically. Uh, typically, they want guys with that tackle experience. Uh, two years ago, they took Elton Jenkins in the second round, who played center at Mississippi State, easy for me to say, um, but had played some tackle early in his career. So the further we get into this kunst regime in Green Bay, we are starting to see a bit more um, – Flexibility from the the stand the kind of the draft thresholds the Packers have, so we're going to roll with that. I think Quinn Miners is probably your day one starting center in Green Bay. And then at pick 92 in the third round, um, you know I, a lot of Packer fans I think are frustrated with, a lot, uh, with the the linebackers on the roster, and then the in addition to the lack of aggressiveness to go get them right, like Green Bay has not drafted uh, much for linebackers. Uh, Gudikunz traded up for Oren Burks. Uh, into the third round a couple years ago that has not worked very well, um, and so here I went with Cameron McGrone, the middle linebacker from Michigan. He's a guy I think to me he's an athletic run and hit linebacker. He'll be a, an immediate improvement over either Chris Barnes or Kamal Martin, right? Whoever the Packers want to start, um, they're going to play a ton of one and two linebacker alignments in uh, this new Joe Barry defense. You know, we mentioned I mentioned the kind of the traditional 3-4 outside linebackers kind of being on the line of scrimmage, um, almost primarily you're going to get a lot of, um, like I said, light boxes, right? So not uh, trying to, almost trying to bait the offense into running the ball, right? So there's not going to be a ton of congestion at the line of scrimmage, which is where Cam, someone like Cam McGrone, who is athletic, can go sideline to sideline. Um, someone that Russ has gotten to watch, against his Michigan State Spartans the last few years. Uh, One of the more impressive players, I think, during the summer. During the summer, I think, probably had a bit more fanfare than he ended up having uh, coming in here. So I think a third-round pick uh, probably last summer, if you said you got Cam McGrone in 92, probably would have been met uh, with some happiness. But he's a guy, I think, to me, the Packers finally upgrade the linebacker position. He can kind of take over the spot that Blake Martinez had uh, and, and then just try to give a bit more of a legitimate juice and use to that position. You know, I know some fans are, are happy with Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes, and that's all well and good. Um, but they were a fifth-round pick and an undrafted free agent for a reason, right? So getting someone like magrone in the third round here is a big step up talent-wise at the linebacker position uh, and should be a good fit with Joe Berry moving forward.
3: If, if we're going to normalize calling Tyler Shelvin sexy, we better get used to calling Quinn Miner sexy, especially if he becomes a Packer because that guy also a beast. Now, before we move on, Reese, I do want to ask you, day one, day two, n- no weapons for Aaron Rodgers, right? No tight end, no wide receiver. How would Packers Nation respond to that if no wide receivers picked in the first two days of the draft?
4: Uh, probably pretty rationally. Anyway. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's one of those things, like, so I mentioned, so I, when I did this mock draft earlier today, um, I, I shot it over to a couple of friends and kind of asked what they thought. And that was brought up, right? Like there's no secondary members and, and no, uh, wide receivers, right. Which obviously, um, is, is are the thought to be the glaring needs for green Bay. And I like, admittedly I would have liked to have grabbed one of them. Right. So and maybe I should have took one in the third round over McGroan or, or whatever, but, Um, Or maybe you take one in the first over Carlos Basham, right? But the one thing I think is important, like, fans get, you know, ourselves included, we get so used to these, like, mock draft simulators, right, because they're at our fingertips and almost every football site seems to have one now. And you can kind of learn to, like, game the system a little bit. Like, well, I know this guy's going to be available here, (laughs) so I can try to do this. And I think there is, like, some legitimacy to – like, the draft doesn't have a reset button, right? Like, it's not like you can get to the second round and be like, oh, you know, like, or if, if with Russ, right? Like, oh, crap, I really wanted uh, Tyler Shelvin in the third round, but now he's not there. Like, oh, well, I can reset the page. I can refresh the page. I can redo this. That doesn't happen in real life, right? So, um, ultimately, I think the Packers, in my mock, right? I think they drafted three good players. They're not a wide receiver. They're not a corner. Um, I addressed both positions on day three, but they're certainly not the high-profile picks. So I get the frustration, but I mean there is something to like. You need to fill out the picks with certain guys. Um, they can't all be receivers. They can't all be corners. You can't only take guys certain spots because oh well, like every mock draft I've done since December has had a if- Fuyatu Melifanu in the second round. Like well, that might not happen, right? So right. It's just try to I, I try to be fairly fluid with this stuff. Um, But, yeah, I I don't think that Packer fans would probably be super thrilled uh, if you get through the first two days without any uh, help for Aaron Rodgers or any cornerbacks.
3: But I think it should be noted it's also a very realistic possibility, right? And, I mean, you know, Gouda-Kunst and company aren't drafting for the pleasure of Packers fans. They're grabbing the guys they think fit. The scheme and the team are the best. So very realistic. I, I'm just saying, you know, pa- Packers Nation uh, might not, like you said, they'd react very rationally and reasonably uh, to, if that went down. So the Packers, let's move on to day three, rounds four and five. They have two uh, picks scheduled in each of those rounds, 135 and 142 in round four, and 173 and 178 in round Five. So let's try to rifle these off. You know, maybe 20, 30 second explanations on each. Russ, uh, rounds four and five. Where did you go? And what what is the Packers draft class looking like after those rounds?
6: Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more with the Credit Karma Money Spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases
5: Yeah, I actually ended up having another trade in, on this day. I, I traded with the Panthers. I, I gave up picks 142 and 256, uh, and I received pick 151 and 193. I felt like that was a no-brainer when it was offered to me, so I went and, I went ahead and did that. But pretty quick here, I went uh, 151. I went with Derek Barnes out of Purdue, a linebacker that I was late to the party and watching. I mean, I watched some live games of him during the season, but um, getting back and actually watching some of his tape, I'm, I'm glad I was able to. I mean, I think he's a really intriguing player. I, I definitely think he's probably going to be a day three pick. I mean, maybe he sneaks somewhere into the second day, but at six foot 38, um, I mean, he's an experienced player. He's a three-year starter for them. He's got some versatility where he's played inside linebacker. He's also played a little bit off the edge for for Purdue, so I think he's a pretty quick-footed defender. Um, I think he could process a little bit faster when it comes into run support, but if we talk about if they run more two linebacker sets and things like that I don't know exactly how it's all going to play out I was pretty impressed with Kamal Martin from what I saw during the flashes of the season of watching the Packers obviously you guys watched him more than I did but I feel like getting a player like Derek Barnes who is pretty stout against the run and might not necessarily drop in a coverage a ton for you but you know he can be that early down player and 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 I think that you're just looking to bring that into the mix with Kamal Martin, I think that's that's something that they need to do. So I was able to get him, and, and either way, I mean, it's a depth pick, and it's more of maybe that special teams type of pick. So um, at 151, when I saw him there, that made sense. And then Benjamin St. Juiced, another player that I know a lot of people like. He's just an intriguing player, a corner out of Minnesota. He was actually initially a part of Michigan's program, and all signs were pointing to him actually retiring due to injuries. Um, and he actually comes out and he transfers and he transfers to Minnesota um, and he was able to play right away. And he played nine games or he started nine games out of 13 games played and, and uh, ended up playing in uh, five games in 2020, ended up missing two games. So altogether, he started 14 games over the last two years for Minnesota, but he's very disruptive through the catch point. He's got long arms. I think a player that probably isn't going to, you know, wow you with some long speed and, and, beat you in a 40 or anything like that but again he's physical and I think he's got the ability to play outside and when you talk about Jair Alexander and his his physicality and how uh, how well he does that I think St. Juice could come in and learn from that and might not necessarily play in year one a ton but I think down the road you try to develop this kid and maybe he's part of a rotation maybe he plays a little bit of safety um and and I know maybe I'm I'm kind of ruffling some feathers here maybe he maybe he's a better version of Josh Jackson or something so um that being said Robert hasey was pick 178 as well the offensive guard out of Notre Dame I think he's going to move inside he's, he played a ton of right tackle for Notre Dame and we've talked about him quite a bit I think on the show between Owen and myself so I don't think I need to go in a ton of detail but he's a real he's a real technician he understands good hand placement he's not going to win you with play strength but he's quick off the snaps and and he, he does all the little things right, and the little things are the big things. And I think Robert Hainsey could eventually become a, a quality starter if you needed him to play uh, inside at guard. So through, what is that now? Six picks for Russ. Offensive tackle, wide receiver.
3: Defensive tackle, linebacker, cornerback, offensive guard. I like what I'm hearing. Uh, Reese, <laughs> you've, you've got four picks to make here between rounds four and rounds five. Which directions did you go?
4: Well, so I made the Packer fans happy, and I drafted a corner. Um, So at pick 135, I took Marco Wilson, the corner out of Florida. Uh, Younger brother, Quincy Wilson, who was a second-round pick to the Colts a couple years ago, uh, is extremely athletic. Um, I started as a freshman, actually, over C.J. Henderson, who ended up being the number nine overall pick last year uh, out of Florida to the Jaguars. Um, another, I don't think he's anyone that you're gonna expect to like start immediately, right? So, like, and I think that's probably where a lot of Packer fans are gonna lose me, right? Or they're gonna they're gonna shut off the podcast, right? Like, oh well, just another depth guy. But ultimately, injuries happen, right? And the more good players you have in your secondary, the better, right? Like, they're not all going to be headliners, right? They all can't be. You can't add three Jair Alexander's to your secondary every year, right? So, Marco Wilson, probably best known for being the guy that threw. Uh, a shoe at the end of the LSU game, I believe, or the end of the Georgia game, I believe, um, through a receiver's shoe and got a 15-yard penalty, or cleat, excuse me, <laughs> got a 15-yard penalty uh, that extended the game and ended up, Florida ended up losing that game. Uh, but he was, like I said, extremely athletic dude, six foot, 190 pounds. I think he's going to be a guy that, um, you know, played a ton of off man at, Florida, and I think that with as much as the Packers are going to play off coverage, both man and zone, with Joe Barry, I think he's a good fit there. At pick 142, I went with Dayo Odeyingbo, a uh, defensive lineman. Nice from work. Vanderbilt. Yeah, thank you. Um, a defensive lineman from Vanderbilt, 6'6", 275, 280 pounds. Probably a bit of a tweener right now, truthfully. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to shock anyone here by saying that Vanderbilt is not uh, the talent-rich program um, in the SEC, right? So he kind of was forced to play everywhere, played some head-up nose, played some three technique, played some defensive end, right? So he's versatile. Um, The one thing, like the huge thing to notice, um, and I'll get to this in a second, but he is an absolute blur off of the football, right? Like when he played inside, he's not playing inside at 275 pounds in the SEC because he's – hyper-strong, right? Like, he's doing that because he's extremely explosive off the ball, can give centers issues off the snap. Um, that's where he's going to win, right? He's going to be a disruptor. I think Green Bay is going to try to be more penetrating-oriented along the defensive line under Barry. So I think that's a nice fit for Green Bay. He did tear his Achilles at the end of the season. Um, so that's something that, you know, this may be, I don't want to say, a redshirt pick, right, Like which, again, another thrilling um, circumstance for Packers fans, I'm sure, but a guy that might not be completely ready for training camp or during the summer, um, but should be available sometime during the year, this upcoming year. Um, another nice piece along the defensive line in the fifth round. Um, I just continued to add to the all name team here. Uh, Josh and the wide receiver from Illinois, um, six 220 pounds was a USC commit, um, out of high school and played there before transferring to Illinois. Um, probably best known, he is a, a really freaky athlete, probably best known in this draft cycle, had a 46 and a half inch vertical jump. Um, there's videos of him on Twitter where like he gets to the, the crest of his jump and it's like, I don't think he's going to come down, right? Like he's just kind of, he just kind of hangs in the air and stays up there because he gets so high. But uh he's a guy, a big bodied guy. He's a, He's a good run blocker, which is probably like like when your buddy gets a new girlfriend and you're like, oh, well, what's she like? And the first thing you say, like, well, she's really nice. You know, like saying that a wide receiver is a really good run blocker at first probably is not like the most flattering thing. Um, but he is, is a big physical guy, which is something we know that Matt LaFleur values. Um, and like I said, he he is an impressive athlete. He's not a blinding speed guy, but he's very fluid athletically um, and extremely explosive in, in a linear path, right? So um, another guy, he's, he's not going to – not going to be another Devonta Adams, right, but he's adding depth and competition to the wide receiver room. Um, And then five picks later, uh, to finish the all-name team, I went with Diamador Lenoir, the corner out of Oregon. um, Had 34 starts at Oregon, another defensive back to add to the room, right, like another guy. He's not 6'2 and 210 pounds and runs a 4'3, but he's another guy. He's a smart player, had some return experience at Oregon, um, and he's another guy that, that to me is just another smart football player. You're adding more bodies to the corner room, trying to raise the level of talent, right? Like, I don't know if he'll be a starter ever. He may be a nice dime package guy, special teamer, uh, but he's a guy in the fifth round that's a lot what you're looking for, right? Guys that fit certain roles, special teams guys, um, and guys you think could eventually develop into something maybe more than they are right now. So, Wilson, Odie Ingbo, Matterbebe, and Lenwa on early day three for me.
3: Did you fall asleep during your mock draft, wake up, and just say, oh, that guy's got the goofiest name, I'm going that direction?
4: No, but I am thinking about naming my son So (laughs) (laughs) I
3: understand, it's a badass name. Uh, So, good stuff from you there to start off day three. Uh, So, let's move on to these final rounds, and then then we'll wrap and kind of, you know, see how you guys are feeling once we walk away. So, right now, scheduled for round six, the Packers... Have picks 214, which is pick 30 of that round, as well as picks pick 220, which is pick 36 of that round. Another compensatory uh, selection. I think I said that word correctly. And then round 7, pick 29, which is pick 256. All right, Russ, how'd you, how'd you bring it home?
5: Yeah, so I got two picks here, and, and to, to kind of top it off, I go... Thomas Graham at pick 193 the corner out of Oregon and then Cornell Powell at 214 the wide receiver out of Clemson so starting with with Thomas Graham I mean I think this guy's a little bit forgotten about maybe a little slept on and it's hard to sleep on a four-star recruit that originally committed to USC and then flipped his commitment to Oregon and but I mean a lot of his good football was really over the last two years he didn't play this last year he opted out but as a true freshman, he made 12 starts for Oregon. He had three interceptions and 62 total tackles, um, and he went on and, and started 39 straight games, you know, for the Ducks before opting out. So, you know, throughout his career, he's got eight interceptions and 40 pass deflections. So, there's really no questions about ball skills. It's more so about how he's going to get to the football. I think that's that's the biggest question mark, and maybe just his overall size. He's listed at 5'11". 197 at the Senior Bowl. He did some stuff outside, but I felt like he, he looked better inside as more of that nickel guy. But he's a physical player, loves to use his hands. He's a really good job jamming and impressing guys, but his feet can get off base. He can get a little too wide, and it, it forces him to do just odd things within his back pedal and it's not what you want to see. So um, I think ultimately he's got to work on his lower body a little bit, but he's got the experience to play inside, outside, that press man type of corner that you can bring in. And again, you talk ball skills, you talk experience. I think he'd be a really good, valuable pick. And when I mentioned Benjamin St. Juiced earlier, I think Thomas Graham kind of fits maybe even a little bit better. So you, you bring in two corners here, and then Cornell Powell just, I mean, look, I, I get it. This guy didn't necessarily wow everybody throughout the course of his career but this past year he came on and sure he came on late but I, he, he's one of my favorite players in this class to be completely honest he's, he's a thick strong built receiver who can get physical before and after the catch and at six foot 210 it doesn't sound like it but you see this dude without a shirt on it's like Jesus this guy was chiseled out of rock and uh just one of those guys that played behind so many different receivers from Mike Williams to T Higgins to Dion Kane. I mean, when he came to Clemson, Deshaun Watson was the starting quarterback. So it's one of those things that he's been through a lot. He's going to be 24 and he's not a track star, but I love the way he wins at the catch point. I love the body control. I love the sideline awareness that he has. He comes down with some spectacular catches across, across the middle of the field and, and towards the sidelines. So I think overall, Yeah, he's not going to win you with 100 receptions in a season, but when you want to get some depth at wide receiver, I brought you a flashy receiver earlier. Now I'm bringing you a depth signing that I think can actually play from day one, and he probably would have to at age 24. But ultimately, I think at 214, I think it's ultimately a steal. So I love the picks here to stop it off.
3: Russ is an Alliance fan, but he's winning Packers fans' hearts over. Goes cornerback <laughs> and wide receiver with his final two picks. Love to see it. Owen, oh, you've got, what, three picks left. The directions you went is?
4: So at picked 214, I went with Demetric Felton, the wide receiver running back out of UCLA. Uh, probably an ideal spot for him would be that Tyler Irvman role, right, that jet player. Maybe play some running back, catch a few balls out of the backfield, but ultimately that jet sweep guy. Uh, Felton's a guy who was really impressive at the Senior Bowl, um, played almost exclusively running back at UCLA this past year, but played almost exclusively receiver at the Senior Bowl um, and and played really well. I think if you look at mock drafts three months ago after the Senior Bowl, you're like, yeah, maybe he's a, a third-round pick, right? Um, and as you guys both know, for me, one of my favorite parts of draft season is players getting worse at football when no games are being played. And now because he tested he tested poorly, even though we watched him – play really well at the senior bowl and, and, you know, be fast and be athletic. He didn't test really well in compression shorts. So all of a sudden he's available in the sixth round. Um, so he's a a guy to me, I think that green Bay, um, you know, may shuck their thresholds a little bit, um, and and take an exception here in the sixth round. he has got a return experience, return experience as well. Could play running back in an emergency. He's a good guy for me. Just one of those guys, um, I'm going to bring up the name Randall Cobb. He's certainly not Randall Cobb, but a guy that can do a little bit of everything, has that all-around skill set. Felton's a guy, to me, I think probably got hurt through this process more than others. Um, probably shouldn't have, though. At pick 220, I go with Jamar Jefferson, a running back out of Oregon State. Um, Green Bay just lost Jamal Williams to Russ's Detroit Lions. Uh, when when they drafted him, I was like, well, they took Aaron Jones, the fast guy, and they took Devonte Mays, as the power guy. Jamal Williams just kind of the inside zone guy, the really solid back, good vision, doesn't have a ton of top speed, but he doesn't need it. And that's exactly what Jefferson is. Jefferson's not quite as big as Jamal Williams was, right? But he's extremely impressive vision, um, you know, really smart at playing the running back position. Just lacks that really top-tier athleticism or speed, and that's why he's available here later in day 3, but rock solid, probably a future RB3 behind Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon but he's a guy that, you know, could you know, he'll compete with um, Dexter Williams right now, he'll compete with Mike Weber, uh, Patrick Taylor, some of the other running backs on the roster. But to me, he's a guy that, um, you know, like I said, down the road is just one of those rock solid, a little bit smaller Alfred Morris, right, a guy that just teams have trouble, um, you know, they might bounce around a little bit, but they have trouble getting rid of uh, just because they do everything right. Um, and then my last pick, that pick two fifty six. Uh, One of the last picks of the draft, I went with Rashad Wild Goose, the corner from Wisconsin, Um, so you get your Packer fans happy because they drafted a Badger. Um, He is a guy, I think he is a man corner. I think he's probably more of an SEC player that ended up going to the Big Ten, if that makes sense. Um, I think he wants to be really physical, play a bunch of press man, get up in your face. Wisconsin plays a lot more zone. Right, they play a lot more off off coverage with their cornerbacks, so he should be used to that um, in Green Bay's scheme. But he is a guy again. He was a Miami native. He was committed to Georgia before he flipped to Wisconsin. He's a guy to me um, that plays with that the the mentality of a defensive back that you want. Right, he absolutely blows up bubble screens. He plays really physical. He talks a bunch of trash. Right, like the, the the mentality you want your defensive backs, right, to be really headstrong and, and really probably irrationally confident. That's what you get in Wild Goose. Um, I, he he ran well. He ran a four four one at Wisconsin's pro day. To me, this is a nice way to cap off the draft. Again, more depth probably not a superstar pick, right, but I added Wild Goose, I added Lenoir, I added Marco Wilson, that's three corners to the secondary uh, to, to join Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson, Kevin King, Kadar Holman, right, and then all of a sudden, well, maybe that position doesn't look quite so scary um, to, to accompany those safeties. So that's where I went to end day three. I went Felton, I went Jamar Jefferson, and then um, Rashad Wild Goose to end out the draft class.
3: Some sexy picks there, wide receiver, running back, cornerback. You guys can take a breath. We're through your mock drafts. Good stuff. Appreciate the insight. Um, And that was a lot of fun to to listen to and break down. Now, I mean, I guess my question from here is how confident uh, are you that at least one of those selections that you guys just made actually come to fruition and those guys become backers? Russ, go ahead.
5: Yeah, no, I'll I'll start. Um, I, I the Packers do it every year. Um, whether it was Kenny Clark and one of the guys, Josh Jackson didn't pan out, Jason Spriggs didn't pan out. So, every year I like a certain guy, and it'll probably be the case here. Maybe it'll be Robert Hainsey and he'll suck, or maybe it'll be Cornell Powell and he'll suck. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, ultimately I, I took those guys super late, but you know I, I like what I ended up getting. I'd be you know, I'd be pretty stoked if my team was in a position to draft. A, a, I think a team like that, but um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think I think realistically, probably maybe Rondell Moore is a little rich, but if Tevin Jenkins is there, I think it's a no-brainer. I know they don't take offensive tackles that early, um, but definitely some of these depth guys. I mean, Thomas Graham, Benjamin St. um Derek Barnes, I think could all and one of those three, I think, could really end up being one of them. And I, I, I think Robert Hainsey, I've, I've been saying it for a while. I, I think that guy could definitely be in Green Bay by the time we get to the end of the weekend. I'd love the confidence race.
4: So my, like Carlos Basham to me, like that's my prediction for their first round pick. I know a lot of people aren't happy with that. I think Alex Leatherwood, Greg Newsome, uh, maybe even Greg Far or, or excuse me, um, Caleb Parley, thank you. Uh, easy for me to say. Um, with his back <laughs> stuff, I think if he starts to fall, um, Brian Gutekunst has traded up in every single first round since he took over the GM spot, so that I, that wouldn't surprise me, right? Carlos Basham, Quinn Miners, um, Marco Wilson, Emadder Bebe, all guys I could really see um, in Green Bay, just athletic guys, right? That 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 play the game the the, the way the Packers want it. Um,
0: And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash blue wire. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
4: Kind of just their archetypes at those positions. I, I I'd be shocked if one of these guys doesn't end up a Green Bay Packer. Um, like I said, I think probably Basham is kind of my hunch. Like I, said, I know a lot of Packer fans are not thrilled about that, um, and, and I've been wrong before. But that's just kind of the way that everything – I I go around every spot, and it always just seems to come back to, like, Carlos Basham is exactly the type of guy that they, that they want and that they took. Two years ago, they loaded up on two of them in free agency uh, and then drafted one, right? So, like – that, that big, massive bully ball, outside linebacker, defensive end, tweener type, that really seems to be the body type that they're continuing to to look at. And maybe they'll be different under Joe Barry instead of Mike Pettin. But that's that's kind of my hunch, I think, is, is Boogie Basham's going to be a Green Bay Packer.
3: For sure. And you look at this, right? I mean, all these guys getting drafted, they become pros. But Russ Brown, Owen Reese, you guys, already pros in my heart. Uh, appreciate the insight, guys, the last few weeks. been a ton of fun breaking it down with you. We're not done yet. We're going to review some picks next week uh, alongside one another. But but seriously, this was a lot of fun to listen to and uh, appreciate the hard work. Again, you can find Reese on Twitter at Reese R-I-E-S-E Draft. You can find Russ on Twitter at Russ NFL Draft. You can find me on Twitter at Alex underscore Strofe and of course at Packaday Podcast to connect with the podcast. Guys, appreciate the insights. Enjoy the draft and uh, we'll talk again next week. All right
4: absolutely <laughs>